Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. The World Series is over, so baseball offseason has officially begun. However, here on the Mass and All Access podcast, we've been on offseason mode for about a month. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano, here for another Nationals episode, continuing our position-by-position uh, position breakdown. And like I said, the World Series is over, so free agency has officially started. If you missed our discussion last week about Bryce Harper and the outfield, be sure to go back and check that out as he now has officially a free agent. The Nationals have five days to negotiate with him exclusively. They're going to offer him the qualifying offer, which he will decline, and then head to the free agent market. So, Paul, with that in mind, um, obviously, we mentioned many times before Bryce Harper is going to dominate this free agency um, class, but the Nationals have other areas of need too, and um, another glaring one again in the starting rotation. Absolutely, we've already gone over needs that they have at second base, needs at catcher. Go back and listen to those episodes. We implore you as well. Be sure to rate and subscribe as well. Suggest this to all your friends. Comment. Give us all your good thoughts. But yeah, starting pitching is a big need as well, and that's the one we're going to touch on before we get into relief pitching our next episode. Two big issues with this team. Yeah, and um, you know, starting pitching for a while has been a strength for this franchise a couple years, and coming into 2018, people thought, all right, they just need that fifth starter. Obviously, Joe Ross was injured uh, midway through 2017, so they knew they were going to be without him this year for most of this year. Um, people weren't exactly sure if Gio Gonzalez could sustain the amount of success he found in 2017. Yeah. Tanner Roark has suddenly become always a big question mark. You never really know where you can get out of him. Yeah. The really only sh- can Steven Strasburg stay healthy? The really only surefire uh, p- starting pitcher on this roster and a, a good place to start is Max Scherzer, who again put in a dynamic, uh, dominant season, Cy Young caliber year. And uh, he is going to be the face of this rotation for a couple more seasons. Yeah, he's 34 years old, was absolutely terrific. Again, two wins shy of 20, ERA just over two and a half, 300 strikeouts. As we all know, that was pretty impressive that he was able to accomplish that in his last start. Also had his first shutout since 2015. Dude's a Hall of Famer. I mean, what else can yeah. you say? I don't think he's going to get to Cy Young this year. I think that's going to belong to Jacob deGrom. All right. Uh, I disagree, but good. But uh, I think that he definitely deserves to get it in any other year. Would get it for his third straight year and his fourth overall. Dude is absolutely incredible. 34 years old, but getting better like an aged wine. Yes, yes, and more dominant. It's crazy to think that, I mean— this is his most strikeout year. He had 300 strikeouts this year. We're looking at his past seasons, 268 last year, 284 in his first Cy Young season with the Nationals, and he crushed that by recording 16 more this year. And this was without a 20-strikeout performance like we've seen him have in the past. Yeah. So just another dominant. I mean, I don't know what else we could say about the guy. He's just he's the heart and soul of this team at this point. He's only been here for a couple of years, but you know the young players look up to him. The young pitchers especially look yeah. up to him for leading um, – and he just has that uh, – we can talk ad nauseum about his fiery attitude, but he just has that it factor yeah. that when he's on the mound, he's going to go after you, and he's going to say, my stuff's better than your stuff, and I'm going to set you down. Yeah, and he's under contract until 2021, and when he was signed, 
got a lot. Nat's got a lot of hate and a lot of criticism for that contract because of his age. I think most importantly, they yeah. seem to do a seven-year deal with a lot of deferred money, most deferred money in baseball history. But he has aged into it absolutely perfectly. Uh, we'll see if he can continue this toward pace. Thirty-four years old is a little bit up there at this point, but. He's having the best seasons of his career as he goes along. So I think he'll age into the final years of his contract rather nicely. We always hear Max talk about he he would prefer to give up home runs than walks. And we did actually see him decrease his walks to strikeout ratio this year. Falls down to Mm 2.1. So, I mean, again, something he's going to be focusing on in the season, on the offseason, and want to get back to a, a better rate there. And after Max Scherzer, that's pretty much where the problems start, yeah. pretty much. Uh, Max was absolutely dominant. Um, but beyond that, this team was 13th in starter ERA. They hadn't been outside of the top 10 since 2011. As you mentioned, Bobby, the starting pitching has really been the strength of this team that made four uh, divisional, took four divisional crowns and went to the NLDS four times. And you could argue June, the month of June, really sunk this team, a month in which they went 9-16, and 16, and that was partly due to the poor hitting that month, but you could blame a lot of that on the pitching. Uh, Tanner Roark, who we'll get to, his June ERA was 6.08, and Gio Gonzalez had an ERA of 8.44. And Steven Strasburg, the guy we're going to touch on next, made just two starts in the month of June, a guy that is absolutely, unquestionably one of the better if not the best second starter in all of baseball when he's healthy this year, once again, struggled with injuries. Yeah. And that's going to be the question that is going to follow Strauss for his entire career, probably because at this point it's just, it's becoming too common of a thing, too common of a recurrence. Um, We thought maybe last year he was able to shrug that. He missed some time last year, but bounced back to have a really historic end to the season. And, of course, a dominant playoff performance against the Cubs. Game four at Wrigley Field, that's going to go down as one of the best performances of all time in playoff history. Um, But, yeah, again, this season, and you think about, Paul, the extension that he got a year ago, um, how much money the Nationals are investing in Steven Strasburg and time, you know, there, yes, there are player options and deferred money, but you know Strasburg is going to need to prove that he can be basically ace one B yeah. um, on this roster and for a consistent amount of time. And we yeah. know he got he can do it. He has the stuff. It's just can he give you thirty plus starts a season as opposed to you know only eighteen or twenty? Yeah, he made just twenty two starts this year. That's the fewest he's made in a season since twenty eleven. 10-7 and seven record, 3.74 ERA. That's the highest in a single season in his career. And he hasn't made 30 starts in a season since 2015. Just not healthy at this point. And when he's entering a year, which technically not a contract year, 2019 is, you know, he's still under contract if he wants to be until 2023. But he's got an opt-out after both this season, 2019 season, and the 2020 season. So it's going to be an interesting thing, cat and mouse game, I think, to see if whether the Nats even want him back. They don't have control over that. He's still under contract. But if this team suffers from another poor year like they did this past year, another unfulfilled expectation-filled year, will Steven Strasburg want to pick up that option? And will the Nats even want him back if he doesn't make that many starts? I wonder what would cause Steven Strasburg to not want to pick that up. I mean, like you said, if he – keeps getting hurt, would he maybe want to look for a fresh start elsewhere? Right. Um, if he maybe even pitches, starting pitches, 
Sorry, is to pitch well again and can prove that he's healthy, but maybe the Nationals as a team struggle because yeah. he become a trade chip at the deadline or something like that. Right. So his future, while yes, you said it is, can be locked up for a long time, it's still kind of hanging in the balance because there's so many ifs and buts surrounding this yeah. particular player. The all-star caliber player he is, Cy Young caliber player that he is, he just can't remain healthy, and and we know how high his ceiling is, but can how how consistently can he reach that ceiling is gonna be the biggest question. And if the Nats want to really really contribute or, or or all that money and time to someone like that, it's another Scott Boris brilliant contract, I think, yeah. also because he knew that Strasburg has struggled with injuries and uh, as I mentioned has not made thirty starts since twenty fifteen. So if Steven Strasburg only makes another 22 or so starts this season, you better believe he's not going to opt out next year. And the Nats might, at that point, want him gone because he's going to cost so much money, and if he's not giving you that many starts, that'll hurt. Um, so he has he holds all the cards in this yeah. situation. Um, it's gonna, But it's like I said, it's going to be a cat-and-mouse game. For now, all the Nats can hope is that he's healthy, one, and that he has a bounce-back year because – Three seven four ERA on its own is not great, or is is pretty good, but it's not Steven Strasburg great. Right, it's not top of the rotation good. Yeah. It's something you would probably see from your fourth or fifth kind of guys. Right, and uh, I mean also like you said, like w- like at what point do you just say, all right, you know what, it's just kind of we got to move on from this. Like, right, we, I mean if he cannot consistently go out there and do what we expect him to do. You know, we might just have to go and get an ace that we know can that has proven right. somewhere else on the free agent market or via trade or something like that. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting kind of season for Steven Strasburg. And how many times do we have to keep asking him to have a bounce back year? I mean, it's just, it just seems like every other year we're asking, oh, Steven Strasburg needs a bounce back yeah. year. And um, at one point, does it kind of get a little tiresome to keep expecting that from somebody? So something to keep an eye on in 2019 uh, with Steven Strasburg. Um, and now things, this is where things get tricky <laughs> yeah. and murky. So here, here's the my thing, Paul. We know the Nationals need a fourth and fifth starter. Yep. That's undoubtedly a fact. The question is, for me, what do you do with Tanner Roark? Yeah. Because last year of his contract coming up in 2019, again, has shown flashes that he can be great. He can be an all-star type pitcher, get you 16 wins, have an ER around, ERA around three. Mm-hmm. But Around I mean, four, closer to. But no, I'm saying he, during his best years. During yeah, his best yeah. years, lower. Yeah, no, yeah. during his good times. But, again, it's another case of – and with Tanner, it's not injuries like Strasburg, but it's just the inconsistency. And now, I used to always defend him way back when, when he was moved to the bullpen, and it's hard for a pitcher to go from rotation to bullpen, back to rotation. Yeah. That excuse is no longer viable because he's been a solid piece for rotation for for a couple years now. He had a great 2016. He kind of struggled in 2017. And again, this year in 2018, yeah. kind of turned the corner at the All-Star break, had a good – Set start to the second half, but then kind of tailed again at the at the end. He was having kind of a, do, a Giants esque even year odd year. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> good uh, comparison. He was terrific in 2014, struggled in 2015, terrific in 2016, tr- struggled in 2017. So we figured, sure, he's going to have another great year, and he just didn't. 4.34 ERA, awful nine and 15 record. Obviously, wins and losses are. Uh, wildly up to chance, but it's just the second time in his career he's had a losing record during a season, and his ERA is just a tick down from 2017, in which he had kind of a, a, a down year that, um, you know, was kind of not was kind of glossed over, I'll say, because yeah. of the fact that the team around him was so good. 
but his June, as mentioned, that June was the worst month for the Nats, and he really did not perform in that month. One and four, 6.08 ERA. Opponents were hitting 324 against him in that month. And at the time when they needed him the most, when the offense was not there, he wasn't either. And the inconsistencies really looked bad, especially this year under the microscope, but it's something that has plagued him throughout his career. And entering a contract year, that hurts. For a guy who's uh, getting up near the veteran age <laughs> that he is, Tanner Roark is needs a, a bounce-back year like Steven Strasburg, but he needs to lower that ERA if he wants to stick around on this team. I yeah, think. Tanner was once thought as like, one of the best trade chips that Mike Rezzo has, ac- has acquired. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, he gave us a couple of good seasons, but now there's the consistency is not there. You mentioned the bad record in the offense, but that was kind of Tanner Roark's staple where he was a fast-paced pitcher. He likes mm-hmm. he likes moving fast, catchers like that too, and so do defenses. So even if the offense wasn't there, a lot of ground ball, ground ball outs too, um, even if the defense or the offense wasn't there, Tanner Roark is kind of pitcher where you can kind of build around it, and maybe yeah. if you just get and also late into games, you yeah. know, we saw him pitch frequently into sixth, seventh, eighth innings, um, and, and really also save the bullpen, especially on days when you know you don't have Steven Strasburg maybe benched or, or on a disabled list, and you don't have you only have Max going every five days. Right. Tanner was a guy that could help out the bullpen too and the offense if needed. Um, but yeah, this season just wasn't there for him. And again, the the excuse of you know he can't f- couldn't find a rhythm kind of goes out the window. Even 2017, I'll even give him a slide because he played in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, got kind of pushed back his or I guess started his spring training earlier, but kind of pushed back his start towards the Major League Baseball season yeah. for the Nationals. But this year, I mean, there was just kind of no excuse for it. Everything should have been play- laid out, planned out as a normal season, and it just didn't come to fruition. And you look at the top three starters, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Roark, 34, 30, and 32 years old. These are three guys in their 30s. Yeah. And the Nats might be looking to get younger uh, for a lot of reasons next year. One, because it's cheaper, and if they re-sign Harper, they're going to need to cut costs elsewhere, as we talked about. And two, because you can't rely on 30-year-old guys, three of them, for – you know, four years. You need to get younger at a, at that position. So uh, Tanner Roark, I think, needs to have a good, solid ERA under four type season uh, if he if the Nats want to re-sign him. Well, it's not that you can't just rely on 30-year-old pitchers. You can't rely on inconsistent 34-year-old yeah, pitchers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's one thing if you're an inconsistent young pitcher and it's like, yeah. okay, well, he'll find his group eventually. These guys are proven veterans yeah. who – now all of a sudden can't find it. I mean, that's just not going to cut it now, especially if this team has World Series at, uh, aspirations. Yeah. So yeah, big season for Roark. Again, the age is, a, is the age and the inconsistencies are against him. But you know, if you can go out there, and we've seen weird markets, we'll, we'll obviously see how this offseason plays yeah. out. But if you can go out there have a solid season, maybe not find what he's looking for on the market, maybe come back on a cheaper deal for the Nationals in the, for, for future years. Um, all right. Let's get down to the, I guess, the more nitty-gritty in terms of who's going to fill these other rotation yeah. spots. Four and five. Um, the three names that stick out, yep. obviously, are Joe Ross, Eric Fetty, and Jeffrey Rodriguez, guys who um, have been starters for a period of time, yep. still young guys. To all um, 25. Um, but still also have a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And and where do Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez 
display their confidence in terms of these young pitchers and how they can help the team moving forward and if they can be consistent starters. To me, Joe Ross tops the list in terms of confidence level. And also, I would venture to say I would trust him as a starter on this team next year. Not Not regardless of how he does in spring, he still has to look okay. But I think he has earned the right to be at the forefront of that conversation to be a bona fide starter for next year. Just 25 years old. Uh, he really, I think the only reason we don't talk about him with the other three is because of injury. I don't think it's because of performance because as we remember two years ago in 2017, this is a guy that looked quite good and coming back from that Tommy John surgery, he didn't show anything to dissuade me of that. He struggled a little bit in three starts, but it's a small sample size. His velocity was still there. 5.06 ERA. So not great. Never went more than six innings, but that could also partly be because Maybe the coaching staff didn't want to push him coming back from a Tommy John. Um, But to me, what he accomplished before this past season, uh, in the three seasons prior, 17 and 13, ERA under four, 3.95 ERA, just 70 walks in 255 innings, and a terrific strikeout to walk rate, 2.5 walk to strikeout rate. That's not far from what Scherzer put up this past year. He's shown command. He's shown poise. I think, to me, Joe Ross should be at the forefront of the conversation of internal candidates to fill the fourth and fifth starting spots. I totally agree, and this is a, I think this is a kid who, unfortunately, a kid, I'm a year older than him, uh, <laughs> um, this is a guy who, unfortunately, just suffered, had, had a bad sh- string of luck uh, with the Tommy John surgery a year ago because, like, you know, I'm looking at his 2016 stats, he made 19 starts and gave you 105 innings with an ERA just under three and a half, yep. three, four, 3.43. And that plays. That'll play it as a, <laughs> yeah. as a four, yeah, as a four starter. And we've seen him even be a little slightly better than that. And you would hope with a full season of health, uh, full recovery from that Tommy John surgery, now going to another full off season of baseball activities and, and and throwing sessions and stuff like that, you'd think that he could come back, have a strong spring training, earn that right. And I, I agree with you, Paul. I, I, he's in the forefront, but he also has to earn it. I mean, because. Tommy John, while it's not his fault, it's definitely a step back. Yeah. Um, nothing's guaranteed, especially for young pitchers like this and a rotation that has a lot of question marks. He has to go and take that number four spot um, and prove that he yeah. can, can not only be healthy, obviously, but be back to where he was before the injury. It's not a little stronger. We yeah. see pitchers nowadays, Tommy John is not a death sentence anymore. Yeah, yeah. And our career ending in any by any means. If anything, some we see some guys come back and throw stronger yeah. than they did before the surgery. So that could play in Joe Rush's favor because he showed that he is a strong yeah. pitcher, has a great fastball, um, great command and, and likes to control the tempo of the game too. And is a and Paul, I mean this is a sneaky this doesn't really have to do anything with his pitching, but he's a Obviously, a very athletic guy, and mm-hmm. we saw Dusty Baker use him in different roles in terms of pinch hitting, yeah. pinch batting, in terms of special <laughs> needs. So he's a kind of a versatile player that can help your team, not just on the mound. I think a lot of people were questioning the decision to have him come up at the end of the year, come up from the minors where he made about six starts. Uh, where they were saying, why not just wait until 2019 because he's coming back from injury. The team is already out of playoff contention, so they didn't need him. I think at that point they were confident that, one, he was healthy enough to last, and they wanted to get a look at him. I think that, um, you know, they probably, Mike Rizzo in that front office is saying, we're needing to fill two rotation spots for next year. It's going to help an awful lot if we have one of those locked up going into next year. If Joe Ross can just come out, 
just show us that he is the same velocity, that he is roughly the same pitcher that he was in the three seasons prior to Tommy John, then to me, I think he did enough to show that front office that he's got that locked up. So I think uh, Mike Rizzo saw that as well. I think that's all. The only reason that they brought him up was to say, hey, can he can he still pitch? Yep, he can still pitch. I think he's got it. I, I, I agree that's a, that's a major reason, but I also think and we talk so much about how this team does right by their players. I also mm-hmm. think it's, you know, if he's healthy enough, Get him in front of major league hitters. What's mm-hmm. what good does it do him to be a full year and a half out yeah. heading into 2019 without facing a major league batter? Yeah. You know, again, the season at that point was kind of lost. You knew you weren't going to make the playoffs. What's the harm in getting him up and facing some major league hitters and getting him kind of getting a little step ahead of the curb that he might have been had he not faced you know big guys with with strong and quick bats and and kind of get reacclimated to pitching in a major league game. Definitely. So he is. Of the three 25-year-olds that you mentioned, Bobby, I think Joe Ross has distinguished himself as the best of the bunch. Now we get into the other two who are less exciting. Eric Fetty, let's start with him, uh, went just 2-4 and four this year with a 5.54 ERA in 11 starts. Went six, over six innings just once, and I think because he just has really struggles with not throwing strikes. Uh, just 59% of his pitches this year went for strikes. That's not enough. Gets into trouble in terms of his pitch count, in terms of walks, get, gets guys on base. That hurts his ERA, hurts his pitch count, and it hurts his innings pitched. Eric Fetty, somebody that this team had a lot of faith in, I think, giving him 11 starts to try to fill in for Strasburg and uh, – somebody who they relied on, and Jeremy Hellickson, too. But Eric Fetty has not shown enough. I don't think he is 25 years old, but uh, he did not take the step forward this year that this team was really hoping for. Right, and this I think this team, I think the Nationals, Mike Rizzo and company, really showed a lot of faith in Eric Fetty by keeping him on board when they went and traded Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning yeah. two years ago for Adam Eaton, or I guess it was three years ago coming this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then that they wanted to keep Eric Fetty because he was of a, a top pitching prospect. He was right up there with Giolito and, and Lopez, and they decided to keep Fetty. And yeah. they were like, this is the guy that we can continue with, and, and, and he can become a part of our rotation. I agree. He needs to make a step. He's, again, 25 um, the fact that he only went over six innings once is kind of alarming, and yeah. I agree. I think it's the fact that he can't throw strikes. We we heard Davey Martinez preach time after time, you got to throw first pitch strikes yeah. and to make it in this league, and um, that's something hopefully Fetty works off this offseason. I'm not giving up on Fetty anytime soon. I don't think the Nationals are either. No. But, you know, it, I mean, is he's a step behind Joe Ross, yes, because Joe Ross has been up longer, but he needs to make a step like Joe Ross needs to make a step. You know, whether it's in the right direction in terms of being, hey, I can be a guy that can break camp with the Nationals and be a fifth starter right. or maybe even a piece out of the bullpen. Wherever you need me, I can be a guy. I can be a helpful part of this for this team. Definitely. And with his innings pitched also, the fact that he only went beyond six, it's not a matter of, you know, they didn't want to test him. They needed those innings out of him this year. They needed him to go deeper, just like they needed Steven Strasburg to make more starts because of how stressed their bullpen was. And he was given a huge opportunity filling in for Strasburg and Hellickson. And to me, he just didn't take advantage of that. And I think, as you mentioned, Bobby, I'm not giving up on this guy either. He might be a starter down the line, whether it's with the Nationals or with another club if he ends up being a trade piece. 
But if you're Mike Rizzo, you're sitting down, you say, okay, we got Scherzer, we got Strasburg, we got Roark. And I think, in my mind, he's slotting Joe Ross into that fourth spot. Can I rely on Eric Fetty to be my fifth starter? I I wouldn't if I were him. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I think it's – if you're going to be competing this season, if you want to get back – and in terms of look, winning the NL East and winning a playoff series, yeah, yes, the the fifth or maybe fourth starter needs to be a free agent find, yeah. and where you can move guys down. Eric Fetty, to me, if if Eric Fetty, no offense, to Eric Fetty, if he's a part of the opening day rotation, that means this offseason did not go too well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just a, it's just a fact. I mean, yeah. he, yes, he needs to take a step. He needs to prove that he can be a guy down the line, but. We already know he's not the guy now. We already yeah. know he's not a guy that's going to win you 12 to 16 games a season with an ERA under four. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just not going to work, especially if a guy who can't get out of the sixth inning. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a guy they're not giving up on yet, but he's just – I mean, <laughs> we're going to be saying this a lot in terms of the pitchers. He's a, he's a, he's a pitcher who's going to need to show a, have a strong 2019 and prove that he's worth investing down the line. So our third 25-year-old we got to talk about is Jeffrey Rodriguez, who got his first Major League action this season. 3-3, three and three, 5.71 ERA in eight starts, just 52 innings pitched. Horrible, not horrible, not good strikeout-to-walk ratio. That's a big one to look at. Just two more strikeouts than walks. Uh, somebody that they called up, I think, in desperation because of the previous, as previously mentioned, injuries. Jeffrey Rodriguez, I think, could be potentially a bullpen guy uh, down the line, but definitely not going to start for this team right out of the gate. A desperation-type starter that they can call up, uh, I think, if they need to. And, you know, he, he showed he can fill that, uh, I guess, reasonably well. Yeah, and um, I, I mentioned Davey Martinez preaching throw first pitch strikes he was usually referring to jeffrey rodriguez when he was saying yeah. that like <laughs> yeah. his you know this is how i mean paul how many times have you heard him like a batting practice or pregame warm-ups and like before his starts like what do you got to do throw first pitch strikes i mm-hmm. mean this is and he'll learn that i mean again yeah he just got us all his first major league action this season that's something he'll learn but uh, it's an interesting question that was posed i think by the washington post chelsea janes do the Nats try to make Rodriguez into one of these new hybrid long <laughs> relievers? Yeah. You know, where you have a guy maybe like an Eric Fetty, or you have to bring up somebody from the minors to make an emergency start. You get him three innings, and then you have Rodriguez ready to go for innings four through seven or something yeah. like that. Or and is that kind of the thing where you start transitioning him to do that during the regular season, so he's ready to do that in the postseason? I mean, right. again. Nationals have a lot to do to make the postseason again, but you know, watching playoff baseball for the past month, yeah. this is what these teams are doing now. They're having these guys who can come out of the bullpen because starters are, are often pitching on short rest in, in in the playoffs. So you need these guys to come out of the bullpen and give you long relief innings, and also to save your bullpen. You could argue that the Nats needed it during this regular season yeah. because of all the injuries that they suffered, and because you saw guys like as mentioned, Gio and Tanner for starts at a time would not be able to get into the third inning. They would really struggle. And at times like that, Nats didn't really have anybody else to throw out there. We're going to, in our later episode, get into all the relief problems that they had. But that's an interesting question. I think Jeffrey Rodriguez, if they have the starters in place to allow him to do that, I think he could fit into that role because guy who can eat up innings, and that is – Certainly helpful, as you mentioned, during the postseason. But even during the regular season, I think you still need a guy like that to save 
your 34 and 30 year old starting pitchers and 32 year old and Roark and Straws and, and uh, Scherzer, as well as emergency relief in case a starter can't get into the third or fourth inning. It's definitely an interesting conversation to me with Rodriguez because, like you said, he has the right stuff, but he's just not that close to being a full-time starter. Yeah. You know, he's great for those three or four innings, but then he kind of runs out of gas or yeah. steam. You know, he's almost like the he could be the perfect mold for yeah. this long relief pl- pl- like yeah. flex player, if you want to call it, or hybrid, whatever yeah. whatever it is. And we saw how the uh, the Brewers managed their bullpen and with, you know, Wade, Wade Miley yeah. starting one inning or facing one batter, and then, <laughs> you know, they have this long relief guy come in. Yeah. So, you know, it, with with his skill set and the way, you know, this new age of baseball thinking and managing bullpens and pitchers has coming to light, it would be an interesting conversation yeah. to have in that front office and say, hey, maybe, you know, this guy could be useful. We yeah. can put, if we put him in the right position to be successful, he could be a, a real interesting tool for us. And it's almost a shame that he's not a lefty or that this rotation doesn't have more lefties because he would be more useful there also because I think a lot of the reason – uh, you know, Craig Council and other managers did that, those shenanigans in the postseason is because teams come out with their lineup expecting a righty pitcher or expecting a lefty pitcher, and then they pull somebody out of the bullpen who's the opposite of the starter. Yeah. So uh, if the Nats could maybe, you know, if they get a lefty that they're not as reliant on, they start him for a couple innings and then throw Jeffrey Rodriguez right back into there. So, uh, that would be helpful if it was a lefty-righty switch, but it's not. Interesting uh, interesting note by Chelsea James. I thought that was curious. Yeah. We see how they go about that. All right, Paul, let's wrap this up with, we mentioned countless times this episode, they need to go out and find someone else. We just don't believe that this rotation is set yep. as of right now. It's only the day before Halloween. Obviously, there's plenty of time. So where do they look? Where do the Nationals go find these rotation pieces, a couple free agents going to be hitting the market yep. in a couple days um, while they're still exclusively able to negotiate with their former teams. Um, I think the first and foremost, the one you have on the top of the list, I'm looking at it right now, who's a lefty, Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, I looked at a lot of lefties because I think they absolutely need it when they have one, two, three righties. Joe Ross is star- starter and even Eric Fetty is a, or Joe Ross is a righty and uh, Eric, Eric Fetty, Fetty as yeah. well. So they need a lefty. I think that is unquestionable. Dallas Keuchel, 30 years old. He's the cream of the crop in terms of the lefty starting pitchers on the market. Two-time All-Star. Won that Cy Young back in 2015 when he had 20 wins and an ERA of 2.48. A little bit of a down year. ERA almost exactly what Steven Strasburg was this year. 3.74. Just one more win than loss. 12 and 11. And some concerning signs. His strikeout numbers went way down. But if this team wants to get the cream of the crop, the number one starting lefty on the market with postseason experience, a veteran, Dallas Keuchel, to me, is the one that I think Mike Rizzo is going to take a long, hard look at. Yeah, you look at the team that just won the World Series and their starting rotation, Chris Sale, David Price, Nathan Nivaldi, Porcello, all these guys are postseason experience and Cy Young caliber guys. The Nationals need to get back to that level if they're looking to contend if and win their first postseason series. And yeah. Dodge Keigel, to me, I agree, is that guy because, not just because of his experience, but because he's a lefty. We heard, we, we report on the Orioles a lot, too, and they haven't had a solid lefty in, in years. And 
their former uh, front office and management said they know that's not a big deal for us. To me, it is because you can't yeah. keep consistently throwing out righties. That makes it too easy for your opponent to game yeah. plan for you. So having Keuchel in kind of in the middle of rotation, can you imagine Dallas Keuchel as your number three starter? I mean, <laughs> like, like, that's just yeah. – we're going back to the year of 2015 of we're talking about Zimmerman – Jordan Zimmerman, Steven Strasburg, and, and Max Scherzer. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Keuchel's the number one guy for me, too. Um, he is 30. He's going to cost so much, but, you know, he could prove dividends, not just for the regular season, but with his postseason experience as well. And we talked about it a million times. Bryce Harper's the first domino. If they don't end up spending $340, $400 million on Bryce Harper, maybe Dallas Keuchel could earn himself a nice paycheck in Washington. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, cream of the crop. Down the list as we go, other free agent pitchers to look out for. Lance Lynn, who was a free agent as well last year, really struggled, I think, was solid, really solid throughout his career and signed with Minnesota and struggled mightily, ended up getting traded to the Yankees, didn't look too good there, kind of fell out of favor with the Yankees' rotation. So he's an interesting guy. And then to me, Nathan Valdi is somebody who has really boosted his stock in this postseason has looked looked awesome in the uh, ALD, ALDS, ALCS, and then World Series. Yep. Was outstanding no matter what role they threw him in, coming out of the bullpen or starting. Uh, somebody who got a lot of more stock as well because he went from a no-name team to a big-time contender and a World Series champion. So uh, if the Red Sox want to let uh, Nathan Navaldi walk, I think the Nats would probably look into him. Yeah, and then we just saw today, again, today's October 30th, the Red Sox did pick up Chris Sale's option for $14 million. So yeah. they're going to be investing some money that way and, and see if they can work out a long-term deal with Chris Sale. Yeah. If they do, does that mean Nivaldi's on his way out? Right. Interesting to keep an eye on. So many dominoes to fall in free agency. Yeah. Another name on here, intriguing, a guy with another option, have yet to heard about. Yep. Clayton Kershaw, of course, a lefty. Power lefty, probably the best lefty starter in the game, yeah. maybe of all time. I mean, this guy is <laughs> hall, future Hall of Famer, yeah. obviously. Um, obviously, his option has to come first, whether it's picked up or not. Um, but you know, if he ha- enters the market, you got to think that the top contenders are going to be looking to lock him up, and he's going to want to go to another contender like he was in L.A. Definitely. And he, as of the recording of this podcast, he has a little bit more than 24 hours to decide if he wants to pick up that option, I believe. Uh, It's something like 10 days after the World Series starts or something like that. Um, So he does not have much time. So you might know by the time uh, you're listening to this as to whether he picks up his option. $65 million sitting on the table. That's an awful lot to walk away from. Certainly huge concerns about him if you want to sign him as a free agent because his velocity has really dipped, and he does not look like the same pitcher anymore. Yes, he is one of the better, best pitchers of this generation, um, but there are certainly concerns there. But if he does opt out, goodness gracious, there is going to be a flurry. <laughs> a bidding war. I mean, he, it's Harper, Kershaw, and Machado all yeah, on the market. Yeah. And I mean, and the premium that starting pitchers are going after nowadays too. I mean, it's just going to be insane. Yeah. The question also the raises about Kershaw is his health. We've seen him miss games the past yep. two seasons over extended periods of time when he had never had before. So how healthy is he going to be? Um, and then also, if you're a playoff contender, he has a track record of not pitching too well in the postseason. We saw him not yep. pitch too well in the World Series. Um, he was getting a lot of flack for that in L.A. But you know. 
on any given day, he's he's one of the best there is, maybe one of the best ever to do it. Yep. But it's just, you know, can he stay healthy? Can he, and is he worth paying all that money if he's not going to perform in the postseason? Exactly. So the point is moot if he ends up t- picking up that option though, yes, with the Dodgers. Yes. One other name I do want to throw out there is Hyunjin Ryu, 31 years old, another Dodger. Yep. That if they, maybe they want to sign Manny Machado, who knows? Maybe they, uh, you know, end up most likely having to take the $65 million left on Kershaw's deal. And maybe if their eyes are set elsewhere, they'll let Ryu walk. He did have a terrific, outstanding season uh, with the Dodgers this year. Sub-2 ERA. He did just make 15 starts. Um, but somebody who I think the Nats, if they want to get a lefty starter, uh, could look out as well. And we would be remiss if we didn't even mention a guy who made a lot of starts for the Nats this year. Jeremy Hellickson, whether they want to keep him or not, I think, in my opinion, they're probably not going to go too hard after him just because he they want somebody who can go deeper than six innings with all the bullpen concerns they have, and they made a very clear, had a clear edict on him that he was going to face the order two times, three times max, and I don't think Jeremy Hellickson really fits into their plans. Yeah, for me, Hellickson, thank you for your service. Good <laughs> luck in the future. I mean, it was just kind of a odd situation in terms of how they acquired him and and how he yeah. walked in so yeah um i don't i don't i think hellickson's gonna be at the bottom of the list but you know you never know he's a guy they're familiar with we've seen people we've seen players hang uh hold out late yep. into spring training if they're maybe have to come desperate again they'll maybe go that route but like you said you did mention the bullpen uh holes to fill that will be our next episode be sure to catch that next week um and by then I think free agency will be officially underway. Players will know, will have deferred their um, decline, uh, their declined yeah. their um, qualifying offer or not. So yep. we'll have some maybe some more news in terms of who's going to be actually hitting the free agent market, who's going to be returning to their yep. places. But we'll also have a full breakdown of the Nationals bullpen. Be sure to give myself and Paul a follow on Twitter at Bubby underscore Blanco at Paul Mancano and give the Mass and All Access podcast a subscription and like, rate, review, subscribe. Spread the word to all your friends and all your Nats fans uh, out there. This entire offseason, we'll be keeping track of all the happenings all offseason long. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next time.